Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic Tim, here with my guest, owner of Magic Dragon Functional Fitness in Osage Beach, Missouri. Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Man, thank you for taking some time out of your day and being here with us. Let's jump into it. Tell us, tell the audience, what's Magic Dragon Functional Fitness all about? Uh, we're all about fitness, just bettering yourself. Uh, we are... For anybody and everybody where we do have comp athletes, but I kind of focus most on just leisurely uh, athletes. They're just, they're just looking to change their life, do something different. And that's what we're here for. And uh, like I said, just trying to better everybody, uh, get better every day and kind of give people a, a release from reality for at least that short hour of the day they come to the gym and they're able to forget about the outside world and get a good sweat in. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I still, I know it's become cliche in the, in the CrossFit world. And, uh, but I know there was, there's an old, um, little blurb from Pat Sherwood and it basically ended up with try to make it the best hour of their day for your clients. So, um, it sounds like to a degree you're, you're following those footsteps and really trying to make it more, more about the experience than just about the workout. Is that fair? Yes, 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 it is. All right. Awesome. Love that. So I want to talk more about what you're doing now, but I need to get some background here for our audience. Uh, you've been the owner of this gym for about two years. It's been in existence for about five. So tell us about the, the series of events that led to you becoming the owner. Uh, so uh, I haven't always lived in this area. So but the past, I've lived here almost three years, but I've been visiting the past probably, well, before I moved here, I've been probably visiting the past two years prior to that. And so anytime I'd come, obviously I'm looking to drop in at any gym. And uh, this is the one that like, there was a couple other gyms. One was never open when I was trying to go in the mornings. And so this one, uh, CrossFit Magic Dragon was the one that was always open. So I came in and that kind of became my home away from home. Anytime I was visiting here, I'd make sure I drop in. I, the coaches were super nice. They remembered me anytime I came back. I was only here a couple times out of the year, but they always remembered me when I came back, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, so fast track, probably three years ago, I just had an opportunity to move here. So I kind of did it on a whim. Uh, had really no reason to move, but it's just, why not? So changing life. And I did. And obviously this is the gym I was going to go to. Uh, lived right by it. I actually lived like minute drive away from there. So it made it super convenient as well. Uh, about a year in, the owners were kind of just I don't want to say getting burnt out, but just they was having life changes also. And we're just ready to move away from this area, but didn't want uh, their dream to just die with them leaving. So certain events occurred. And I know two weeks later, I am officially the owner of CrossFit Magic Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how uh, how it works out that way sometimes. I think, you know, we talked off the air a little bit and it's, you know, it's been a thing for a while, but the, the more of these conversations I have, the more I realize that, yes, all, all gyms have owners. There's someone whose name is on the lease and in the bank accounts, but there are, there are less, you know, that close and start fresh than there are people like you and I who become like 
the caretaker of the gym, right? It's like, oh, it had its first owner caretaker built a community, then we take it over. And then, you know, maybe we do it for two years, five years, 10 years, and then it's, it doesn't go away. It just, it gets passed down to usually somebody from the community who is at a different point in their life, who's rip roaring, ready to go and finds themselves two weeks later, you know, signing some paperwork. So um, been, been in that situation myself and, you know, a lot of our guests have. So, um, you know, when it came time to do it, uh, you had, you had been involved in the gym. You, you knew some of what was going on, but there is only, you can only be so prepared before you actually have your butt on the line. Um, and it's yours. So once that, you know, ink's dry on the paper and it, it's your gym, reality hits all of a sudden. And now it's, you know, you have your perception, your expectations and, there, there sometimes it can, it can be a little bit different. So was there a big difference in that expectation versus reality for you when you became the owner? Uh, it was a big difference. A lot of things changed the way I worked out. Obviously now that I'm a coach, I'm there a lot more throughout the day uh, rather than just the hour or so that I was there to work out and do my stuff. Now I'm there for the majority of the classes. Um, a lot of paperwork, uh, a lot of people come to me for questions and I'm still, uh, I joke around, like my coach would always ask me if this was okay. And it took me a few months. So I was like, why are you always asking me if something is like, cause you're the owner. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, I do own this place. Yeah, it's good. Let's do that. Let's implement that. So uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot of stuff did change. Uh, seem obviously you become a business owner, uh, everybody seeing you owe a bunch of people money for no reason it seems like so that was kind of a thing and getting the right uh licenses and all that insurance and uh signing a new lease and getting uh all that stuff lined up i didn't really have a mentor to show me the owners kind of led me in the right way but there's a lot of just stuff i didn't know about going in that i kind of had to research on my own or they'd mail me they people random people contact me like well you business owner now you owe us money stuff like that um and then uh just now programming stuff like that a lot of a lot of stuff i I was in charge of and uh luckily i had a little bit of uh experience with that from my old gym but it it was a really eye-opening yeah did you ever have any uh, one of those moments whether it's you know looking at the bank account or in your crm system or whatever doing something and you sit and you're like who put me in charge? Like, is this like, I, Oh, all right. I guess it's me. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely had, I joke around and uh, I said, I still see myself as like a 15 year old sometimes. Like I, I don't, I am, I am a responsible person, but I, I, sometimes I was like, uh, people put faith in me and, uh, it's scary. That can be scary. When a ton of people put faith in you to just run a business, uh, do everything to get the to please them and uh that's kind of scary but and i sometimes i'm like uh why me uh everything happens for a reason and obviously i'm still open and we're doing better so it was me for a reason and uh i'm glad it happened yeah i'm glad you're here to speak to us and and keep the community growing and thriving so uh when you took over at some point um there was a, a potential concern or maybe a thought, I don't want to, I don't want to paint on your canvas here that um, something that we hear in the micro gym space a lot of times is sometimes you can get 
groups that are exclusive or clicky or you know you have this great community but sometimes some people can feel left out um at some point or another that thought crossed your mind or was a concern for you correct yes yes it was uh i had some conversations with past members and current members and that was one of the things they voice is just kind of it gets kind of clicky and sometimes they felt left out and it, that sucks when you feel like uh you're a part of, a, you want to be part of a family and you're not being invited to do stuff outside. And of course it's going to happen sometimes. You can't have everybody there all the time, but I try to make sure, and my coaches try to make sure we, we do stuff together. Uh, and our, we're to the point now where our members, they're all friends. Uh, they know each other. Sometimes you only know that the people in that 5.30 a.m. class, and you never know who comes at the 8 a.m. class, but uh, it's to the point where the majority of our members know each other and we can go out, we'll have like different outings or somebody will put something out. We're going on a boat to go uh, surfing, stuff like that. And just for anybody and everybody to come try it out and anybody to everybody to come kind of meet each other. And uh, we have a Saturday class, which I try to implement. It's one big group setting. So that's another way they uh, got to know each other and just uh, started to grow together. And of course, during like holidays, stuff like that, we try to have events, cookout, stuff like that to where we all just meet up and have a good time and uh, become better friends, more of a family. So you've, you've put things in place to foster the environment that can grow that and not try to force it. It's like making a, making a big brother play with his little brother. Like they're going to live in the same house, but it doesn't mean they're going to, they're going to hang out together. But if you give right. people activity to do, do together, they're, they're going to show up and be like, all right, I guess you're not so bad or, or maybe we do have some common interests. So sounds like most of the work on your part is just like, how can I put people in position to foster this growth, to have the positive community that I want to have instead of just like wagging my finger at people and saying, you got to be friends with that person, him or her or whatever. Correct. Correct. And, uh, and I'm very lucky the the members here are super nice. So anytime we do have a new member, they're always, and that's any gym. I've never been to a gym where it hasn't been the issue when I, even when I drop in, but damn near the whole class comes and like, Hey, where are you from? What you about? Are you just here dropping in? Are you new? Blah, 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 all that. And I, and I, I can do that without telling them that they, they just know because they, you, everyone was new at one point and, it's a lot easier to adapt and a lot easier to come back when you feel welcomed. And so I appreciate my members uh, being like that. And they kind of learn off each other. So next time, maybe you didn't talk to that new person this time, but next time another new person is, uh, I know some people just feel, I want to say obligated, but they want to make sure they go and like say hi and where you're from and what you're about and stuff like that. So it's pretty awesome. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. I want to get into some of the, the programs and some of the different things that you're offering there. So um, something that I've seen come and go in, in the land of CrossFit gyms is having some type of entry-level program, not just like a, an on-ramp where someone does a couple sessions and then they're doing class. Like you have your, what you call bootcamp version or your version of bootcamp, which is a CrossFit intro or CrossFit light to lower the barrier to entry and lower the, um, you know, lower the intimidation factor. Um, is that something that existed when you took over? Is that something that you put into place? And, and how does that fit in? I feel like it, it, it fits into your business model, because I think it's right now a pretty good percentage of your members. So how does that all work together? 
so like we've always before I came, we always had a boot camp class, but there was definitely two different types of classes. Like boot camp was definitely different from CrossFit. Uh, very more cardio oriented, basically just a lot of cardio body movements. Uh, I came and started implementing my way of boot camp. It was more of an intro to CrossFit. Yes, it's still a little bit more cardio, body work. Uh, we're using dumbbells, but we're doing the same movements, just lighter weight. We don't really introduce barbells that much, but the terms are there and the terminology is there. And that way, uh, definitely doable body weight movement, stuff like that. That's all doable uh, for most people that come in starting off. And uh, once they start seeing, getting used to like the boot camp class, obviously we have our CrossFit class posted as well. They can see both classes. And then they start recognizing like, oh, we do. I do that or we can do that or I've done that before and that group class I was talking about on Saturdays it will go back and forth and I'll kind of merge the two classes together and uh that helps people get motivated to try CrossFit or gives them an encouragement or gives them they're less feel fearful of the word CrossFit and they're like well I want to try that out or now they can like not rush to get to that 5 30 a.m or at 7 a.m class because they, they was like, well, I can do CrossFit. Uh, if I'm running late, I'll just wait and do CrossFit. And it's been working. Uh, I don't want to say I tricked them into doing CrossFit, but I tricked them into doing CrossFit. And a lot of them are uh, happy that I did. There's like, I'm, I'm glad I, if I get a call, and it's like, well, I've never done any of this before. So I recommend boot camp just because I was like, that's easier, normally uh, less intimidating. And uh doable and obviously I just most members that they join I just assume they know nothing so we kind of walk them through everything I don't expect them to be able to do everything right off the bat or be able to go through a whole workout and I tell them that when you need a rest you need a rest or if you want to half the reps half the reps lighter weight all that's fine I don't I just want you here doing the movements and your time will come where you're starting to add weight you're starting to go the full uh AMRAP or whatever the whole class and then soon that turns into they're looking for something more and that more. I was like, well, hey, well, we have this class right after boot camp called CrossFit. You should come start trying this and uh, in increasing the intensity and see how it works out. And that's normally how it goes. But uh, it, they're good workouts either way. I mean, you're sometimes I'm a CrossFitter and I'm always like, well, I'll, I'll try the boot camp class and uh, I'll look at that. And I'm like, oh, that looks harder than what I just did. So uh, they're both good workouts. So if you there's I, I wouldn't put one in front of the other, but uh, definitely doable for all anybody that wants to try something new yeah absolutely so there's there's a lot of potential for crossover it's it's funny that you mentioned too that like oh sometimes you know someone who 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 calls themselves a, a crossfitter you know sometimes these boot camp workouts it's, it's like boy that looks like a lot of cardio or a lot of reps or like because of their level of fitness um, I've seen, I've, I've had people, you know, say like, oh, you know, we have our sweat class or a camp class and the crossroads is like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's too hard. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's funny to see how it goes. And then the, the conversation on the other side where someone can be like, well, you know, I don't know if I can do CrossFit. And it's like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm not really, you, you kind of have been doing it for the last six, eight, 10 weeks, however long you've been doing it. So Yes, we could add some weights if you want to, but you could just, if it works better with your schedule or your buddies in that class or whatever, you can do it. You may not have thought you could do it, but you've been here doing it. So I don't even, I can just, let's just go. So yeah. I love, you know, having that secondary program. Um, there, are, I do know some, 
you know, some gyms that are go a little bit more towards the hardcore side of things, a little more competitive where they're like, we're not watering it down. Everything we do is CrossFit. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answers, but I do think in some gyms, there's a place for it. And, and you're demonstrating that right now. It's working for you. It works in a lot of gyms. So I think valuable for our audience to hear that it doesn't have to be one way or the other. Try it. See if your members like it. See if it gets the people you want. And if it doesn't work, you can try something else. That's the beauty of being the owner. So, so we have that. One of the other things that you offer, you have you have some trainers that do personal training and you do a little bit. So we all basically know how personal training works. But for you personally, if somebody wants to come and train with you, it's a little bit more or maybe it's a lot more, but it's definitely more than with your other trainers. So um, we talked a little bit off the air of how that kind of can elevate you and, and change things, the dynamic a little bit. So how do you see that as being uh, a useful policy to have your personal training rates higher than the other trainers? Uh, I, 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 like I said, I, I, I don't even, I didn't have even ask my trainers what they did. I said, do whatever you feel is right for you to get uh, that's more money in your pocket. Obviously anything that they do, I, the gym does get a little percentage of it just because they're using our equipment or facility, uh, the small percentage, nothing too much, but I was like, charge whatever you feel is normal. I said, I know what I'm charging and it's, from what I hear, it's a lot more than what you guys are charging, but I want people that are serious about it. And I've got, I had a handful that I was doing with and it just keeps me busy. And uh, I kind of did raise my prices because I was like, I do have a lot of stuff on my plate between work and doing this and getting stuff programmed and cleaning the gym and making sure we have supplies and stuff like that. So I, I want to also make it worth my time that I, I know I'm not with because some people will pay for personal training come two or three times and then they get tired of it. And they're like, Oh, wasn't that much? I didn't spend that much to begin with, or I was only paying per class. So I was like, I make you pay up front or at least half up front, uh, usually up for all up front. And then we put out a schedule and we try to meet the same time at least three days a week. Uh, but I have confidence. If you willing to pay that much, you're serious. And I will, you're going to get your money's worth. Uh, training with me. I, I can promise you that. I can't promise you what other trainers are doing. I have faith in my other trainers, but obviously we're two different for a lot. We have different philosophies on just how to get in shape and how to sculpt and build and do what's right for you. Uh, so I know some, I don't, some of my uh, trainers, I know that don't work for me. They're this, they can have 10, uh, 10 different people and they're doing the same thing for each person, each person. Uh, which works, but I, I want to get more hands-on and personal. So I, every 20 sessions, I was okay, what do we want to work on? Do we want to lose weight? Do we want to get stronger? Do we want to work on our legs? What, what do we want to do? Uh, and one of my clients were like, I want to be able to bench my husband. And her husband was like 150 pounds. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to be working upper body. We want to get our bench up. So I thought that was pretty funny. That was just, like, I want to be able to bench my husband or his body weight. And so, and she was real close. So I just, for the next 20 sessions, we stayed more away from uh, like our legs and deadlifts. And like we did arms and backs more often, shoulders more often than uh, we did the sessions before. When she first started, she was like, I just want to work on my cardio. They go to Florida a lot for boat races. So I want to be able to like walk on the beach. She said, I'd always be tired by the time we ever got where we was going when I walked. So I was like, okay, we'll work on your cardio. That way, when you go back, you won't have no problem getting to place to place walk. And she didn't. She she came back. She was like, I felt amazing the whole time I was there. I never thought about how 
out, I was never out of breath or never felt like I was going to pass out because we trained for that. That's what she wanted. So uh, I try to meet their goals and their needs rather than just, oh, we're going to do bench on uh, Monday, deadlift on two, uh, Wednesdays, uh, squat on Fridays, and then try to do cardio on your own on Sunday, stuff like that. I uh, personalize it more for them. So one person might be complete. I could have two people back to back and it'll be two different styles of training. And uh, I have, I take pride in that because I, I feel like it's just more hands-on. It's not just a generic, we're doing this. I have a template of what we're going to do that you can find anywhere on the internet. And uh, I just give to everybody. So. Yeah. So you're, you're making it more valuable, not just raising the price. You're just adding all, all of the value that yeah. you can into a personal training session. Not just saying, Hey, I'm the boss. You're going to pay more to come for me. That also comes with it. And there's a degree of elevate elevation in esteem, but you're not just taking it for granted that people need to pay more just because it's your gym. So all right, so we have your main offerings. There's some other things that eventually you'd like to do with the gym. There's some other programs, um, you know, different different things that you want to do to add value, add more for your members, for the community to come in. So, um, you know, we could go through each one one by one, but more importantly, I think for me, a lot of times is is the decision in the planning process. So you have your core offerings, you have your boot camp, your CrossFit classes, your personal training. How do you sit down and think about this is, um, you know, these are the things that we want to do next. Um, you know, this is, this is the program that I'm thinking of adding, like, what are the, the things that you weigh in to whatever you bring in as, as a program or offering? Uh, I listen to my members. Uh, I, we have a lot of, we probably, a good 75, 80% female. So I, I, I hear them talk. They're always talking. And we, like I said, when we go out, I hear stuff like they all do yoga at some point during the week and stuff like that. They always are talking about how they have to go different places or they have to have a certain amount of people kind of plan for it. If they won't do a special class, unless they have like 10 people. So they're always looking for people to uh, do yoga. So I think that's one of the first things I'm going to try to add is find a yoga instructor and make a permanent class right after our morning classes in a or morning crossfit classes for a yoga class uh that way it's kind of all in one uh they don't have to go across town or waste gas or go to the next town over to find a yoga studio because there's one in the gym uh so that's like the first thing i would if i was to implement something tomorrow it'd probably be yoga um at some point I want to get my Olympic lifting certificate and start teaching Olympic lifting. That way we can get little, not exactly one-on-one, -on -one, but that'll kind of be more of a smaller niche. I'm sure that class classes won't be as big because uh, it'll just be a few people at a time, but I'll be able to get more hands on and spend a little bit more time uh, explaining things. Cause I know in CrossFit you're crunch for time. So you got your warm up, uh, you got your explanation of, uh, the workout we'll go over the movement stuff like that and then you got to jump in you do your strength portion a uh, little break a bathroom break and then jump into your metcon uh, so you kind of crunch for time and sometimes you don't i feel like i, I could have spent more time on certain things especially like we do doing overhead movements and stuff like that i want to spend more time on that because i i harp on technique so i want things to be as perfect as can be obviously we're not 
professional athletes, but I do like him, everybody to be fundamentally sound in it. So I think that Olympic lifting class will be beneficial, but uh, that's, that's me. I haven't heard too many people talk about it. I've heard a few people talk about it or a few people say, oh, if you had it, I'd come. But like I said, I, I try to listen to the masses. And if I had to pick one to start doing tomorrow, it'd be yoga. Got it. Got it. Okay. So on the general topic of, of adding things in, I see mostly two big camps of how people do it. And I'm interested in your opinion in which way you think you may fall, or maybe there's something totally different, but we either have people who just, they get an instructor, they put it on the schedule and they just roll it out. Like, Hey, we're doing yoga at four o'clock, three days a week, be there, be square. Like this is it. It's there. Or the other side is people will do some type of event. Like we're going to do, uh, you know, a, a yoga CrossFit Saturday workout mashup, a 90 minute so that you kind of get your feet wet. And then a little series, like we're going to do this once a month and then kind of ramp it up from there and then add it. Do you feel like you'd fall more one way or the other on those two aspects? Uh, I honestly, if it, uh, it would be something it'd probably be limited at first. So it'd be that second option, be limited at first, just to see how it goes. Uh, and then the more we do it, the, we kind of get a better idea on like, is it working? Is it not working? Is it worth it? Is it worth me adding on a new instructor? Uh, is it only worth one time a month? We're going to get our best bang for a buck doing it once or twice a week, uh, once or twice a month compared to once or twice a week. Uh, so I, I, I would, start off in small pieces first and then once i see that okay every class is packed every class is packed we'll start adding it more throughout the week and just taking it from there so hoping it takes off from there and hopefully it become become that yes now we're doing it every day of the week but I, i'd start off limited got it got it okay and, and like i said i don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it but it's always it's always good to take the pulse and see yeah. i feel like more and more people are leaning towards that and i think it's just one of those lessons that we get to learn almost by committee that sometimes you, you think you have 20, 30 people that want to do something, it ends up on the schedule and then it's cricket. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of shared wisdom uh, through the community there. So I think that's the way it's going, but you know, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong. So we're starting to run low on time here. So big picture, long-term uh, I know you want to add more programs, Olympic lifting, yoga, um, what do you see this turning into? What are the long-term plans and goals for this gym? Is it, or maybe beyond this gym, is it, you know, do you want to have multiple gyms? Do you want to have twice the members that you have now, but only stay in the one place you are now? Are there any like long-term things that you have projected out right now? Uh, you know what? I've never really thought about that as I'm so new and I'm just trying to get used to the here and now, I would love this place to be, I want it to be something that lasts forever. Uh, I want to be that number one gym at the lake. I want it to be busy all time at all times. Uh, so just, I, I long-term, I want to, I just want to be here long-term. Like I would five years from now, 10 years from now, I still want to be a staple here. And, uh, I want, I do, I, like I said, I love competition. So I, I encourage others to open gyms, try to do stuff their way. But at the same time, 
I love the fact that we're the only gym here. So everybody comes to us. So uh, I just think just still being here is my main goal. Uh, and I have the supporting cast uh, to make that happen. And uh, so I, I would say that's my main goal. Just five years now, just still be here and doing what that. I'm doing. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it, that kind of reminded me, one of my favorite business related authors, probably the last five or 10 years, a guy named Simon Sinek. Uh, he's got, he's got quite a few good books, but one of the things he talks about is, is playing the infinite game, right? Where short term is like, I'm trying to win right now. I'm trying to be the best, make the most money right now. Whereas the infinite game is, I just want to be playing five, 10 years from now. I just want to be in it. I want to be doing my thing, serving the people that I want to serve. And it sounds like you're more of an infinite game type of player. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously I, I, I want to be make as much money as it, it's never been about making as much money as I can. It's just, I, I really feel like I'm in it for the people. Uh, as long as we're self-sustaining, I, I am happy with that. But, uh, obviously on the other side, if we're that busy and I can make money off it, obviously I'll still be happy then. Uh, but like I said, the end game is just to still be here and still be a staple. And anytime anybody visits here, we're one of the first options they try or look for. So. Absolutely. All right, sir. Last question, little philosophical, um, before we, before we get all your social media websites, Two years of doing this. If there's if there's anything you could go back, tap yourself on the shoulder. Any piece of wisdom or advice you'd give yourself, you know, along the way that you wish you knew a little sooner or you had. Is there anything that stands out? Uh, do give myself a little bit more time. Like I said, it was all almost right at two weeks, two and a half weeks. Uh, I made the choice and. I probably should have done some more research, been a little bit better prepared, just the ins and outs, uh, take uh, advantage of all the social media stuff like that, because that's free and that's could be a lifesaver. Uh, and just know that uh, it's a marathon, not a race. So, I mean, cut cost, do have it running bare minimum. Uh, we, a lot of people waste money on stuff they don't need. Uh, I was able, fortunately, I was able to water, water down everything we was doing. I use, I utilize Facebook and Instagram to post workouts and get a private page started. And that's where I post my workouts rather than spending money on apps and stuff like that to, uh, have, uh, workouts posted, but, uh, just do, do your research and, uh, be prepared for what you're about to go through because it's life-changing and, it's your schedule is going to change and it's going to be a lot of just you being by yourself in the office, uh, uh, figuring out where money's going, what's, uh, what's due next or what bills you're going to have. And, uh, so just stuff like that, being a little bit, be prepared, be prepared. Don't, don't just jump into it. Make sure you do your research, uh, listen to you guys. You guys have a bunch of, um, interview a ton of people that just kind of could give you great advice on how to start. So uh, just being really prepared. I appreciate that. Appreciate the plug in the, in the kudos to us. Uh, we're, we're trying to do exactly that, trying to be a resource for people at, at all stages of the game. And I mean, the, you're, you're doing a lot for someone who had about two weeks to make this decision and jump in. So testament to yourself and, and your work you. ethic and dedication to still being here. 
before we let you go, website, social media handles, anything uh, that you want to plug out there for people to find you, give it to us. Oh, uh, you can uh, catch us on Facebook at uh, CrossFit Magic Dragon. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Well, Instagram Magic Dragon Functional Fitness. Uh, website, uh, CrossFitMagicDragon.com. Also, MagicDragonFunctionalFitness.com. Leads you to the same place. Uh, and I think that's all. Facebook, Instagram, and our website. Yeah, so. Those are the places you need to be. Um, yeah, especially the website and Instagram. Instagram and TikTok may be coming down the line. That may be something to keep an eye out for, but that's topic for another show. Michael, I appreciate you being on here with us today. Thanks for taking some time to tell us your story, and I wish you continued success, sir. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. it. It's been great having you, and, and I, uh, I look forward to staying in touch in the future. And to our audience, we appreciate you. We, we never forget about you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value, education, entertainment in this episode. And if you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Dowd Patel from Elevation Fitness out of Surrey, British Columbia. What's going on, Dowd? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, have me chit-chat about the gym industry a little bit today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm excited to have you on. You've been in the game for a while, over almost 17 years now here. So excited to have you on. Um, but let's not waste any time here. Talk to me a little bit about Elevation Fitness. What was your main vision when you started this business 11 years ago? Um, so when I when I opened the club 11 years ago, uh, you know, started working on this in 2010. I'd uh, been an existing owner in an existing club, about six seven thousand square feet. Um, you know, had our landlord come tell us we're going to tear the building down. Um, so I had to basically up and relocate pretty quick. Um, long story short, ended up finding this one spot that a client of mine who had been uh, training on a personal PT level had said, you should go look at this building. I was like, oh, there's no way I can afford it. And then I kind of had to go afford it. Um, so we ended up finding this great spot in South Surrey here. Um, and came in, uh, with a vision to just move the gym. And then that actually turned into me basically building a brand new club, brand new equipment, brand new everything. I know. And it's 25,000 square foot. I was actually checking you guys out on Facebook. Before and it's a beautiful facility here. So, so Elevation Fitness, you guys are offering 
mainly it's an open gym, full service gym. Uh, you're doing a little bit of private training as well and, and some sports training. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So um, we actually do a lot of personal training and a lot of sports training. So the, the idea behind the club when we opened it, you know, in the, in the mid 2000s or 2010 era, you know, my last club, I was in that 30, $35 market. And the challenge in the 30 to $35 market, I find is people move around. It's like cell phone providers. They go from one company for two years and they move over to another company for two years and back to another. So it's this vicious, vicious cycle. You get them back five years later. So you never really grow. You never really die out, right? Well, you might die out. But so when I opened this club, the idea was I tried to identify what was going on in the industry. And a lot of the lower price options were coming at that point, $10, $15 a month clubs. How do you compete with $10, $15 a month clubs besides price points? So I decided I want to open this club spend a lot of money to build the club. Let's build it brand new. Let's build a great space. Let's build a great space to start with. But more importantly, let's staff it with great people who understand how to take care of people. We're in the service business at the end of the day. Every industry I've worked in has been customer service. So I know how to work with people. I love working with people, like finding out about someone's life, I think is the most fascinating thing in their background, where they're coming, where they've come from, more importantly, where they want to go. And, and you know, it's just that thing of getting to know people. So yeah. I think the service component is easy to me. So staff it with great people, provide a great club, and then have offerings that other people don't have. So at the time, sport performance wasn't really being done. So, you know, we decided to put a sport performance academy in. We put 25 yards of turf to start. Now we have a total of 65 yards. We added 4,000 square feet in, or 5,000 square feet in 2016. So our sport performance academy, the idea behind that was we would provide youth athletic development from, you know, the time of kids five, six years old on until professional athletes, right? And everything in between. So we have a sport performance academy where we do team training, youth athletic development, personal training, one-on-one, -on -one, small group, you name it. Hey, Billy uh, didn't make the rep team this year. He needs to work on, you know, this, this, and this in the offseason. Do you do that? So we do the athletic piece of the athletic development part of being an athlete. Um, and then we have our membership base, which is, you know, the main driver of the business. And then we have our personal training department as well. And then we have a food shake bar. And then we have some stuff that we've tried over the years that we don't have anymore, right? So, you know, we tried the supplement thing, didn't really go too much carrying costs, clothing, too much of a carrying cost. So, you know, those things we do them, but not that well. So they're just little add on pieces here and there, but membership PT, sport performance is the big things. Yeah. I love it. And I think it's good to have your perspective on here. I've spoken to a lot of gym owners that own facilities similar to yours with the open gym model and they really shy away from that personal training piece right and, and they don't realize that that's a whole extra layer of revenue or could mm -hmm. even be your main revenue driver yeah. in an open gym model so so what does it really look like to you if you were to you know split it in your head would you say you know it's about a 50 50 split on your revenue between the open gym memberships and I'd say, you know, I'd say memberships are about 50%. The private training is probably going to be about, uh, you know, when we're in our high times pre-COVID. Um, actually, yeah, probably 45 on membership, 45 on um, private training, team training. And then, you know, 10 was, you know, food, shake bar, you know, stuff like that. So um, when it's done right, you know, it can be a great driver to the business. And then you don't become so reliant on memberships. I think a challenge for a lot of club owners, um, you know, I've, I learned this, I was telling you earlier before we got on that, you know, I met Thomas Plummer in 2009. 
um, from the Fitness Business Alliance. And, you know, he said one of the mistakes a lot of club owners make is they think if I just had another 100 members, if I just had another 150, they think it solves the problem. Build on the base that you have now. So we have an open concept where we don't have, you know, a bunch of rooms where people have to look in to see if they can go in. Because what happened, what I found in my experience is that somebody looks in and, you know, they look into a room, they're like, oh, you know, I, I, that room, I, it's too much for me. I'm not ready for that. So one of the things that we really try to do here is introduce fitness to people that have never been there before. Okay. Um, people who come into the club and are like, you know what? Hey, I've done really well in this component of my life. Or, you know, my doctor says I got to get healthy, but I don't know where to start. So you get them to start, you bring them in and you show them all the things that are possible and say, you know, working out's progression that has no finish line. <laughs> That's the beauty of training, right? Like it has no finish line. So just, you know, if, if you hit a goal, now you reset that goal to be a little higher than where you're just at. So we tried to take that component. I don't think we tried, we did. And we said, listen, it doesn't matter what level you're at, beginner, intermediate, advanced. We have a great club for you and you can all blend in the same room. Okay. And, and then having that open concept and having trainers working with clients on a training level, someone's sitting on a bench and they you know, maybe they're struggling. They look over and they see that trainer and they go, I'm going to go talk to somebody up at the front desk. I put a trainer station right in the middle of the gym. So my trainers can hang out there. So it's, if you have a question, come up and ask us, you know, Hey, I, I don't know what I'm doing over there. Do you think you'd help me with that machine? We have a thing here that if somebody's, working out on something and you see that they're not doing it right or they're just staring at it. We walk up and say, hey, can we show you how this is done? So you, it gives you that point of interaction and contact with the client to be comfortable enough to start talking to them, build a relationship. And inevitably that leads to training, which is a great driver of revenue. And I know a lot of clubs don't do it, right? Like we don't have outside trainers work for us at this club. Everybody is employed by Elevation Fitness. And yeah, and, and the reason I did that is you know, my last club, I had, I had subcontractor trainers who handed me money every month, but their, their vision was not aligned with what the, what the club's vision was aligned with. And having your value proposition, what you stand for, and making sure that everybody who walks through your front doors as an employee upholds that mandate is really, really important for your success and growth. And that's one thing that we've done here. Um, so, yeah, I think that clubs that aren't doing it, they should really look at that piece of let's get on the floor and work our existing base and not worry about the people that aren't in here. And what type of things, how do you get members in through the door, right? So what type of things are you kind of actively doing right now to get members in so that you could have sent them to that personal training piece? So, you know, the biggest driver, I think, for every business is word of mouth. You know, we are a, I say this, we're a boutique gym in a big box concept. So we have a really big club, but you know, it's usually 90% of our membership stream comes from, Hey, I have a friend who trained here. I have some friends at work that, you know, they, they, their kids are trained with you. So whether it be on the sport, sport PT side or the personal training side or the membership side. So word of mouth is a big thing. We're trying to be a little bit more active on, you know, obviously social media, cause that is such a big driver. And, you know, that tends to be the piece that people go to. So, you know, the younger demographic you know they're more instagram uh snapchat driven and then you know you get the uh demographic that's going to be you know 35 40 out there more facebook driven so you know we target ads towards um facebook and instagram accordingly you know we need to be better at that that's the one piece that we've never really been great at and right. you know and we're well aware of that like we're well aware of the fact that we don't market as well as we do but that helps us stay as kind of this hidden little gem, this really big club that's this hidden gem that's really great to train at. You know, like I look out there right now, it's 11, you know, 10 o'clock on the Pacific Coast here. There's like 13 people in the gym and I'm not worried about it. 
because I don't need to have 50 out there right now or 60 out there. It'd be nice to have them, but I like the culture and climate that we have right now. And, and how many, if you were to look at, you know, a given week or a given month here, how many leads would you say that you get in a given week or month through word of mouth, through, um, you know, outreach or referrals? I'd say 50 to 60 on the membership side. Okay. Yeah. And, and how does at least that number for, for the growth that you're trying to see, it, does that number align with it? Would you like to see more leads in that? No, I, I'd like to see more leads in that. I'd like to see, you know, on a weekly basis, I'd like to see 50 to 75 minimum a week, right? But, you know, we're also coming out of a climate right now where it's really tough to just, right. you know, go market because, you know, up here in BC, we had, we had some crazy restrictions placed on us, right? But, you know, um, we worked well through the pandemic. The pandemic actually was not bad for us at all. We, uh, you know, it allowed me to do things with the club that I wanted to do, um, but couldn't do it when I was working. <laughs> so, you know, we can talk about that after, but, you know, I'd like to see our leads to be in the 75 to 100 a week. And because, you know, you're not going to convert everything. At the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of business to be had out there. We don't need all of it. We need the percentage yeah. that will keep us afloat and thriving. And we're we're more than afloat. We're, we're a thriving club, but, you know, you always want to grow, right? You can't be content with, okay, we've reached that number because once you once you have that mindset i think you start going backwards right right it's either um what was what did someone say? grow or die right as a business yeah you, mm-hmm. you're either growing or you're dying essentially yeah stay stagnant yeah. um what type of changes do you think you want to make or you have to make so that you could get to that point of 75 leads coming in 75 to 100 leads on a given month here? Again, communication, I think for us, you know, again, with the marketing piece, our communication tools have never been the greatest. And, you know, I think as being a business owner, one of the things that happens is you end up doing everything. So, you know, I'll plan out my day and I'll be like, hey, you know, I've got this, 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 and this to do. And then I walk in the door and this, this, and this has happened in the last 12 hours since I left or 10 hours since I've left. And now all of a sudden the things that, you know, I had on my desk to grow and develop the business. Now I'm working in the business, supposed to own the business. And I'm sure you've heard that, right? Working in the business, we're on the business. So, you know, there's days where I allocate and, you know, I come in and it's like, hey, you know, we, we have some maintenance issues. We have some membership issues and, and there are fires that you want to put out quick. But sometimes five minutes turns into five hours and then you're like, I just lost and my I, marketing day. I, I want to at least pause you on there because I think you gave some gold right there. And a lot of people listening w- would agree that that maybe even run smaller clubs compared to you that it's hard to keep track and manage your time to where you're not working in the business right you're working on the business. yeah mm-hmm. when, how for you what type of at least changes do you have to make or, or things that you have to fix so that you can take a step away again and, and let the club run on its own smoothly well, I, th- I think I can do it now because, you know, my staffing situation is really good. We have a really good team on board right now. We have some good young people who want to be in the industry. Um, you know, we hired our front desk. We're hiring really important people. Um, it's an entry-level job, but you need them to work like it's uh, a higher position than entry-level because they're the first point of contact to the club when somebody walks in the front door. When you walk in our front door, our desk is right there, and you can see them in my office from there. Um, you know, but how you greet that person, how you make them feel welcome coming into the club, right? So I have a bunch of policies with my employees that, you know, I'm very militant on, like, there's no cell phones, there's, you know, the language we use, the way we dress, our appearance when we come to the club, you know, we don't wear tank tops, sleepless shirts, you know, everything has got to be professional in the club that we want to, um, 
uh, show to people and attract people to come to. So um, that piece is really important. Right now, I have really, really good people out there. I was having a hard time during the pandemic getting the right people in yeah. to work the front end. And then with trainers, I always have this question is, do you, are you looking for a job or are you looking for a career? Because you know, I came back to this industry 21, 22 years ago now. I was in an office building worked at a brokerage firm and was about to start my MBA and or aspirations to go on and do my MBA and you know, was in the world of finance and I was like, this Monday to Friday, six to two thirty gig isn't me. I gotta get out, do something I wanna do. So I got back, you know, I, I had a fallback job, but I came back with a plan to get into the fitness industry and I came back to becoming a trainer. But I turned that into a job into a career. And if you're just looking for a job, you know, we can employ you, but if you're looking for a career, we can teach you how to, you know, carve out a career in this industry. Cause it's not easy. Like this is a very, very tough industry to carve a career out, support a family and do all the things that you would like to do with your future. Right. So that piece, now that we have those puzzles of the piece and or the pieces of the puzzle in place, it's easier now for me to say, you know what, Thursday, this is what my day looks like, and I'm not going to come in. So I don't come in as much as I used to. Like before, I used to be in the gym at 8.30, and I might not leave till 10. I might not leave till 8. I might not leave at 5, depending on what was going on outside. But I was always back here working, you know, 12 hours a day on average, five, six days a week, and it, it takes a toll on you. So I try to, on every Saturday and Sunday, I try to map out my week. So I'm back on the floor training clients. I didn't train clients from 2010 to, or 2011 to 2019. 2019, we needed some trainers and some partnerships that we had um, developed came came to fruition. And then, so I had to get out and do some work. And I enjoyed being back on the floor and not being at my desk all the time. So now I have this balance of being the owner and running the club day-to-day operations, which I, you know, put on my front end staff, my manager's on mat leave right now. So I've got some supervisors doing that work. You know, I'm on the floor training some clients a little bit, and then, you know, I'm supporting everybody else and what they need to do working with our, you know, junior trainers to teach them how to build their base of clientele up because although they they work for us we tell them it's a business within the business that you're operating and these are the guidelines you have to operate in so here's how you go get clients so i always say are you you know are you are you mining for gold today because if you're at home you know on instagram to me you're having a really hard time because you're competing with you know a billion instagram trainers who offer suffer nine to whatever you know whatever dollar figure it is when you have uh you know, nuggets walking into the gym every day who need help. (laughs) And what does your sales process really look like here for when you do get a lead? So when someone, let's say it's myself, right? And I, and I hear about you guys, maybe Google or a friend or family member. um, And I walk in through the door, what's your process from turning me into an interested lead, right? Okay. So on the membership side, it's going to be, you know, Hey, welcome to Elevation Fitness. You know what? The first question we ask is, you know, we thank you for coming in. What, what brings you in today? And let's let's find out why they're here. Are they at another club? Are they, you know, did they have a friend who referred them? You know, do they work in the area? Um, what brought them in? What's the piece that brought them in? And then let's speak to that a little bit. And then we take them, we have them fill out some paperwork for liability reasons. And then we take them for a tour of the club. We show them the space. We talk more about culture and environment in the club than equipment. And, you know, you get some people that come in that are, you know, they're looking for specific pieces. Like they want to tour you through your club. Like, hey man, let me see what you've got, right? You have to have a certain style bench or you have to have a certain style, you know, and it's like, man, a bench, I've been- calf machine or- Yeah, hell, like your calf machine, the pin is loaded on the right side and I'm used to a left side pin loaded calf machine. It's like, seriously, come on, right? So, um, 
So you have to gauge, you have to gauge the client in front of you. And then you have to kind of speak to their needs more than anything, because if they're coming in here, they're coming in here for a reason, right? So let's find out what that reason is. We ask them, you know, we, we dig a little bit deeper as we go through the tour. You want to make a connection point. Um, you know, I, I like to lead the tour as opposed to being led through the tour through my, by the client or, you know, trying to teach my staff that we control the tour. We want to ask questions because one of the things that we're doing as well is we're, like I said this before, we're a culture and environment based club. We have a great culture and environment. We make sure I say whether you're new to the industry or um, gym culture or you've been in it forever, you, your reason for being here is no different or more important than somebody else's. And I I think that's lost in some clubs, especially when you get the bodybuilding dynamic. And I love the sport of bodybuilding, but what bodybuilding brings to some clubs is, you know, people that intimidate the everyday person. And there's more money in the everyday person than there is in the person who's on a competitive level. And and I think your other gym owners would agree to that, that, you know, you getting somebody to buy a bottle of water is supposed to get somebody to buy a PT package. There's a big difference, <laughs> you know? So yeah, no. we, we, we appeal to everybody, but you have to, when they're in for a tour, let's find out why they're here and let's show them how we can meet their needs. And the last question I always ask after I take somebody through a, a tour of the facility is, can you see yourself training here? So you put them in the space. Can you put themselves in space? And we have such a big space that if you do, you, we do the tour, right? You know, it shows really well. Um, I'm really big that our club is, it's cleaned every day. You know, everything is maintained and everything's vacuumed on a daily basis. Machines are wet down a daily basis. You know, I don't allow bags on the floor. You keep a nice clean club because you never know when business is going to come in. So we have to make sure that we're always in a position to tour our clients through the club. And then once that process is done, we come up front, we explain our pricing. You know, we are a higher price club in the neighborhood, but we're a higher end value service. You know, we compare it to the dollar store. You go to the dollar store for things you barely need. So there's clubs that are dollar stores out there. We're not one of them. We're on the other end of the spectrum. So we're looking for the right people who value their health and wellness enough to be part of our club. So we're interviewing them partially as well to see if they fit. Right. Because a lot of people we like, well, I'm here looking at your club and, you know, I'm looking to be a potential member. And I'm like, well, we have a say in whether we want to sign you up as well. Yeah. Right. And that's, again, one of the things I learned from Plumber, which is make sure you put the right people in your space, because I have to put the right people in front of my employees and in front of my trainers. So if I say to my trainers, hey, let's let's get on that floor, let's start working like, you know, there's PT we had out there. But we put somebody who doesn't value their fitness levels and says, you know, geez, it's too much for a membership and I'd never get PT. Well, how then can I take my trainer and go, hey, why don't you go talk to that client over there who's not going to spend any money on PT, but try to get something out of them? I think that's what a lot of other clubs do, and they alienate members doing that, right? So, yeah, I want to put the right people in my club in front of people, in front of staff. I agree. That is important. So, Dowd, I always like to ask this question here. If you could kind of wave like a magic wand, right, like a magic business wand, have the perfect elevation fitness here in your own eyes, what would that really look like to you? Would that, you know, in your own eyes? <laughs> a place where I don't have to be here like 55, 60 hours a week, you know, but no, I might, you know, I think right now we're pretty close. We're pretty close to, you know, the club that I've always wanted. And, and you know, I think the thing is, is I think in your mind's eye, you have to have this vision of, of how we talked about earlier. It's like, I'm never content. You know, I always want to make the club a better place. When we sign someone up, I tell them, my, my responsibility is to give you a better club a year from now than the club you stepped into today. So, you know, we went from 18,000 square feet to 24,000 square feet. You know, we added in an extra 40 yards of turf in a spot where.
Hey, Dow, I lost you. I lost you. Could you hear me? Was are we okay there? There you go. We're back. Okay, sorry. I don't know which part you uh, we missed there, but um, put in some turf. And yeah, yeah. So what we did is our sport performance academy. We originally had the eighteen thousand square feet. Was you know when we had our teams and, and our youth athletic development model going at night, you know, we'd have an extra 40 to 50 kids in here being led by trainers, but they'd be in the gym space, taking gym equipment, and dumbbells and benches away from our members. So our members were training. So then the opportunity came up in 2015 to take the space next door. And my landlord called me up and said, Hey, this is open. Do you want us? Yeah. I was like, before he even finished, I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, when do we sign? Right. And then we opened that up a year later, you know, found the money to, to open that space. Cause you know, cost of doing business never goes down right so you know but we put in 40 yards of turf we put in racks benches everything we did and then that now services as our sport performance academy but during the day and in the weekends when there's no one in there our clients have 5,000 square feet of quiet space where they can go do whatever they want right so we built the club out to now have a dedicated performance academy a dedicated club side and then you blend the two together and the beauty of the having the youth side is i have kids who trained here in 2011 12 13 14 they're now in here at the age of 21 22 23 they're they're members of our club they finish playing their sports they're on with their lives and you know they built that wellness component to their life through sport and you know we've been a part of that and now they've come back as members and, and, and Dowd, we, we know what you want for your business now, right? It, it's really obvious that you do have a passion, not only for your members and the people who come to your club, but for your team as well. You know, the community, the, the passion uh, that you have within your team. But what is it that you want from your business, right? What do you want the business to give back to you and your family at the end of the day? Time. Time more than anything, you know, like my daughter's 18, she's leaving for university next year, you know, so, you know, me and my wife are in their 50s and, you know, I just, I want to, I don't want to have more time to spend with the people in my life. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time at work and, you know, I've gone through the days already of, hey, I just got to run to the gym to do something. And then, you know, you come home four or five hours later. So I'd like to not have that anymore. And that's just having the right people in place and trusting them. You know, I've always been one. It's always been hard for me to let go and give people responsibilities that are easy. And and I've done a little bit more of that in the last few years, which is good. Um, so, you know, more than anything, I just want, I want time to be able to, you know, if I need to take the week off, I take the week off. Or if I want to, you know, I get a call to go play golf on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. If I want to say, hey, I'm going golf on a Tuesday afternoon, I, I go, right? Right now I work a pretty regimented schedule, but I do that because you have to have that structure, right? There's that, there's that misconception that as a business owner, you can, you probably take like you know eight months off a year and only work four months and those days that you work are probably 10 to 2 because you do whatever you want and i'm like no i'm kind of you know you end up being sort of you know you're held hostage by your business a little bit right like there's a lot of mornings i'm in here at 5 5 30 and you know i get my workout in early but some days i'm in here training clients at 6 a.m and you know i finish at 8 30 and there's a whole bunch of stuff in between i have to do so i'd like to see that narrowed down to maybe you know an eight hour day as opposed to, you know, a 12, 14 hour day. But, you know, again, I think too, that's me taking initiative to say, okay, I need to work on my development a little bit more and, and prioritize what I need to do. So, you know, but it's, sorry. That's why, I mean, I like to ask questions like that really to, to at least allow yourself, a lot of people, they get started in the fitness industry, opening their own gym and they forget, you know, the beginning reason why they started. Right. So, so mm -hmm. for me, it, it's always like, really retrospective to even hear yourself talk about, you know, the changes you want to make with your business to improve. Um, 
but but I do think that's a good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we do sign out of here, Dowd, please give a shout out to your website, your Facebook, Instagram, anything, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Okay, so um, our website is elevationfit.ca. Um, so our website right now isn't great. It's currently under reconstruction. So we're hoping to launch our new site inside the next month here. Um, you know, again, with that marketing communication piece, we wanted to make sure we had every angle covered of our club and what we offer. Um, on Instagram, our handle is at elevationstrong. Um, you, you know, we post a lot of our stuff on there that we're doing. Again, we haven't had a great presence there lately either because of people that were handling the uh, Instagram account, you know, one's on map right now coming back. So looking forward to her coming back and being a better presence there. Um, and then our Facebook Elevation Fitness um, Surrey. So yeah, those are those are three channels you can find us through. And, you know, happy to have people in here see why we're a great club and all the great things we do. And, you know, we have great people, great community. It's, it's a community that we built here, right? And, you know, I think everybody gets into fitness because they want to help people. Um, we have people here who love helping other people and, you know, fitness to us is, it's still hard, but it's easy because we've been doing it a really long time, but you know, for the people that it's hard for, come, uh, come give us a shout out and come see what we do and let us help you on your wellness journey. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Make sure you check them out. You guys doubt to tell from Elevation Fitness out of Surrey, British Columbia. I appreciate you once again. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Uh, don't forget, if you do want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Chad Baird of CrossFit Zion out in St. George, Utah. Chad, what's up, man? Hey, man. Not much. How's it going, Austin? Going great, man. Appreciate you joining us today, man. Looking forward, looking forward to talking to you and uh, talking some CrossFit and like the business of CrossFit, right? So, uh, yeah, very cool, man. So, awesome. CrossFit Zion, you guys are in an awesome part of the country, one of my favorite parts. Been there 11 years now. Um, let's go back in time, Chad. When you decided to open this business back in the day, you know, CrossFit was still kind of uh, in its ascension phase at that point in time, right? Pretty organic stuff before Reebok, I think, really came into the picture. What was your sense back then, like from a business standpoint, as far as a goal for you to open this business and go down this road of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so actually it was kind of funny how we stumbled upon it. Um, we 
owned and operated a youth football organization. Yeah. And we had this big warehouse that had all the football equipment in it. And we're like, you know what, what can we do in the off season to right. monetize our income? Right? right. So, so we had a bunch of different ideas from bigger, faster, stronger to, you know, maybe just opening up a gym. Yeah. And my brother, and mentioned this CrossFit thing. Right. And I thought, yeah, well, that looks this like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And he's like, right. <laughs> dude, you need to try it. You need to try it. Right. Yeah. And so the first workout I tried was Fight Gone Bad. And sure. I, at the time, I thought I was in good shape. Right. I thought I was in pretty good shape. Right. Well, I mean, it, and I was 34 at the time. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it left me on the floor in a mess. Right. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, dude, that was, that was dumb but let's do it again, man. I like how I felt. Right. So from right. that point, it just kind of like our friends would come, come our associates would come during the day in the, in the warehouse. And yeah. it just, it just grew. And it was at the time when CrossFit was, like you said, just kind of busting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people just come in and, and you just do a killer workout. And, and, and that was it. We had no idea what right. we were doing but we knew there was something there yeah um so long story short we we affiliated um and uh, we just created a business out yeah. of it and and uh where we we were using the what you know the old-fashioned just write things down sure. and sure. and uh, we just grew it from there you know it, it, a lot of, a lot of trial and error at that point yeah so it was it was on time yeah for sure man and like uh yeah uh, as you're talking, I'm reminiscing the exact same thing. Kind of going by the seat of our pants for a bit. Well, we knew something was there, right? Something special was was there. You could just kind of feel it. Maybe not put it into words at the time, but you definitely feel something special was there. Chad, what's some of the biggest things from a business sense that have changed for you over these past, you know, 11 plus years? Um, maybe some of the biggest changes you've made. Yeah, so I think probably more than anything is, is structure of how programming inside the gym looks and how recovery uh, and one-on-one -on -one and accessories and, and just not just the daily hundred percent burnout met Right. Like that, that's what really changed for us this is a structured program and, and this is what it should look like. And we had training uh, periodations and deloads and, you know, strength sessions and it's still CrossFit. It's constantly varied right. and performed high intensity, but yeah. at, you know, your level of intensity yeah. and not a hundred percent every day. Right. right. As far as like killing yourself every day. Yeah. And I think that's huge. You know, back in the day, we used to always basically, if you're not laying in a pool of sweat at the end, it was like, not good, but yeah. So the structure behind the workout and the business, right? And I know we talked off camera about like you guys do a good amount of personal training, and not just like you said, not just the not just the traditional group class. Um, when did you guys start going more down the training route, or, or when did you add that? It's a big part of the business, and uh, kind of what what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, what we started to do is, I mean, we originally started out as CrossFit Zion. And yep. that, that's, that's the business. That was the name. And we kind of changed a little bit to Zion Training Center. And inside yeah. of that, you have personal training, you have foundations, you have CrossFit, you have athletic accessory, you have hypertrophy. So we have, we have different programs inside of the training center, but the, the nuts and bolts is CrossFit, right? That's, yeah. that's what 
drives all these other programs. Yeah. Love it, Manny. I love it. So still sticking to the roots, but offering other programs as we've grown now, you know, the grown, you have a good amount of members. You told me, you told me your member number, getting people in the door, I think is a top priority uh, for success of any business, right? Whether it's the gym or a restaurant or a salon, whatever. What have you guys done to market CrossFit Zion, Zion Training Center to get new faces in the door, you know, on a regular, consistent basis? That's a, that's that's been a tricky one because in St. George, when we first started, uh, there was eight CrossFit gyms. Yeah. Uh, now you know we're we're dialed back down. Now there is a gym, like you said yourself, you went down to one of them here, yeah. just right down the street, like a hundred yards from yeah. us. There's a gym on every corner. Right. So we live in a fitness community, right? So what's unique about how do we drive people into our doors? Um, and it's super simple. It's we just do we do challenges. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and I, and I advertise, you know, a, a lifestyle challenge. It comes with a, a scan. I have a scanner inside. It's a 3d scanner. Um, and, and basically I offer that to where it's measurable progress. Like you're not just going to come and work out, right. but we're going to actually put you on a scanner and then we're going to actually dial in what works for you outside of just a CrossFit class. Right. And then how we do our challenges is we put, people on a team of 10 with a specified coach that's okay. over that team. And it runs for, it runs for seven weeks. And mm -hmm. then after that, they're so dialed into a way of life that the retention is, is awesome. awesome. So they stick around. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I love the idea of challenges with like that defined end. People really seem to seem to like that Chad. Now is that, are you doing that just for new people or is that also for current members can take part in that as well? So current members take part in it. And how we do it is we have um, three or four seasoned members on a team. And then we mix in with that three or four other new members that come in. So they're integrated with an actual, you know, people that can help them out. So the whole team helps everybody out throughout the process. Because at first, you know, people hear CrossFit and they get intimidated. Sure. And they're like, I don't, you know, that's scary. And that kind of breaks that stigma. Um, yeah. And but but more than that is is, is the culture that it right. creates with, with that challenge, Huge. and so people and people love that, right? I mean, that's that's what yeah. it's all about is, is like-minded people and holding people accountable, right? So yeah, for sure, man. So that's one that's, of the, that's yep. one of the big that's one of the big re areas that uh, that we advertise and drive traffic. Okay, and, yeah. and the other one is, is really it's it's word of mouth with right. uh, with our other members. Because right. we live in kind of a smaller place. I mean, yeah. you know, not super small, but St. George isn't a huge city. Right. So the word yeah. of mouth is big. Yeah. So your challenges, your word of mouth. Now, I've been on your Instagram page. Uh, good amount of followers. You guys seem pretty active on there. Are you guys doing anything via like social media to attract people in the gym as well? Yeah, that's another huge one. Um, I've got an awesome social media team. Um, actually, it's, it's right. one person, uh, myself and, and a, a girl named Tasha. Yeah. And so um, every day you'll see five, six, seven stories. And then also we highlight members, we highlight coaches, we highlight our programming, yeah. we highlight uh, events that are going on inside the gym and then also around the community. And uh, <clears throat> we actually did a poll inside of that of where do you get your news for CrossFit as far right. as our, our members. And I thought it might've been newsletter or yeah. website, 100% social media. Instagram. Of course, yeah. That's everything, so, right? That's a huge tool, right? So people yeah. just use that. Yeah, it's a massive tool. Now, 
And uh, yeah, I checked it out. You guys have a, a good page, really good following, educational, like you said, sharing members, profiles, and all that stuff, which is, I think is awesome and just attracts people to our gyms, which is great. Uh, you guys, have you ever gone down the paid advertising path, Chad, Facebook, Instagram, any other channels? Yeah, done, done that quite a bit. Um, yeah. it, it does work to a certain extent. Like Facebook works pretty well. It's right. cheap, uh, but you do have to be creative in how sure. how to branch out, how to, how to yeah. be, you know, sticking out, I guess, so to speak. For sure, yeah. Definitely a logarithm, a skill to it, like, like learning how to snatch. Same idea, right? So it's a lot to that. But yeah, if you, so if the ROI is there, you guys are definitely down to be doing, to add it to your marketing uh, strategy, so to speak. Say, say, I know you guys have a good amount of members, Chad. If you got 30 new members, say, in July, is that something you guys can even handle at this point? Or, you, or is, your, is your growth mindset kind of more in a, a different area? No, actually, I mean, I would love to. I would love that. Um, hindsight, real quick, like last June, yeah. Uh, kind of post post COVID when people yeah. were like just migrating, I guess, for right. lack of a better word, we right. got 18, 18 new members yeah. from all outside States in just June. So, wow. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Right. Yeah. It was great. Um, yeah. we handled the growth very well, but yeah, I mean, you can absolutely handle, handle Dude. growth. Um, Dude. you know, so it's just class times have to be adjusted maybe sure. or add sure. a new class or else maybe yeah. cap one, you know, so for It'd sure. Great problem to have, right? It's a great, great problem to have. That's for sure. Yeah. So with that new person coming in, say, say I joined the gym today, man. I, you know, all of our CrossFit's we, we have an on-ramp program or foundations program in some way, shape or form. How do you guys right now go about getting that new member started at this point in time? Yeah. So we do, we do a, what we call foundations and yeah. we do twice in a month, once at the first month or the first week of the month and then the other one at the third week of the month and it's for four days it's uh 45 minutes each and we just dissect a bulk of movements until that's over and then and then we move move them into the classes so how that looks is um once they're through that foundations we we do a scan after as well so they're going to get a scan so they have a measurable progress that they can go back on and then six weeks later we do another scan and that's all included with the, yeah. with the foundation. So they can actually see I'm making progress. I'm gaining muscle, right. I'm losing fat. I'm looking right. great. And, yeah. and, and aside from that, when they come into one of the classes for the first time, it's like a welcome party and yeah, all right. the members are excited that they've jumped that's in. And, and so, so, you know, we treat it pretty special that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So making that first month or two uh, special, make people feel at home. Cause I like, you know, coming into gym can be intimidating for, for most folks, right? You know, you and I can walk into any gym and feel fine, but a lot of people, it's a tough thing. So yeah, I like that you kind of celebrate those new people. When you, you met up your, your foundations program, is that first month kind of all included in one price or do you guys split it up after the class into a big group class? Is it, is it split into two payments or is it one lump sum for the first month? Yeah, it's a good, good question. Foundations with this, with this, scans are a hundred bucks and that's okay. just their that's just buy-in right from there yep. and then after that they they have options yep. they can do month to month they can do Got a it. yearly contract that's still month to month but it's a little cheaper if yep. they commit because ultimately if you're in this you want to stay the long term right yep. so you have to make that enticing yep. for people to 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 actually um to commit to that right. so i love that i love uh 
I don't want to lead you, man. Why contracts? Why did you have, why did you add that option to your business? Uh, it just shows commitment. Nice. I like it. And it gives you a, a hard asset too. Like, uh, I think from the valuation of the business side as well, you know, like, so, uh, yeah. And commitment piece is huge. And then you, you kind of take a little price off. So it's everybody kind of wins. So like, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm for that. I think that's great, man. Now, so with the contract piece on ramp, I get through on ramp. I'm at the gym. We're doing personal training. What are ways, personal training, plus other ways that you're able to increase the average revenue per member you have? Yeah, that's great. Great question. So um, each month I kind of pick something that will help uh, generate more revenue for the gym. Nice. And it could be a snatch seminar or it could be a gymnastics seminar or maybe it's a new apparel, uh, you know, sh yeah. shirt or something that we release. Yeah. Um, kids program. Uh, like I said, challenges, so stuff like that. So each month there's something yeah. that helps generate more revenue for, for the business. Yeah. I love it. Uh, keeping it new. And then obviously letting your members know about it. So wait, ways to communicate with them. You know, there's so much technology we have these days. What are ways you get to communicate with your people when they're not with you? Like the other 23 hours of the day. Yeah. So first, first foremost is obviously, you know, social media, yep. um, Instagram, um, and then also we, you know, we use, we use Wattify mm. as our, as our app and, uh, you know, message through that and then email and then also text messaging, you know, so, so all of that comes in yeah. full yeah. circle. Yeah. So that, that's definitely a great part to obviously keep our clients engaged and add that layer of accountability. Right now, chat. I mean, I always used to see like this kind of life cycle of the athlete in the CrossFit space, right? After a couple of years, they may want to start going down the weightlifting journey or bodybuilding or what have you over this 11 years, have you seen any kind of trends like average life cycle of, of a client? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a kind of tough question to answer because I have, I have some staples that have been here for sure. 11 years and there's probably 50 of them. Yeah. Right. That have stayed here. Um, and, and 10 of them are my coaches nice. um, and, and they've been through, the ups and downs. And so the trends, what I've seen is someone comes in, they do CrossFit for two years or two and a half or three. Then they right. think, okay, what else can I do? Right. What else is there? So instead of losing them and letting them go somewhere else, create another program for them. Like for example, we have a barbell program and it's right. specific to just snatch, clean jerk, you know, squatting, yeah. you know, all the Olympic movements broken down. Right. So they can migrate over to that and then they can have CrossFit as well by just paying a crossover fee and yeah. they can come and do that. Also, um, a lot of people when they first get into CrossFit and then they're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling great. I want to really put on some mass. Like I want to put yeah. on some muscle. Right. So we have a hypertrophy program that, nice. uh, that they can do. And so that's all inside of the whole center yeah. itself, but there's always one class going on. Right. Okay. So there's just different yeah. classes that they can choose. Yeah. From. I love that, man. Yeah. Cause uh, it's a real thing, right? People, yeah, they want to move to something else. And like, awesome. You guys have the barbell piece, uh, hypertrophy piece helps us keep clients engaged longer, which I think is the ultimate goal and help, help more people. Right. Which is great. So Chad, you've had this 11 years, man. I'm sure your role as a business owner has changed probably quite a bit to get to the level you guys are at. You just said you have 10 coaches, which is incredible. So, what is your role like uh, in the business at, at this point in time? 
Yeah. So good question. I've gone from being like the garbage man and mopping and, and doing right. everything day to day to kind of managing from um, an aerial point of view to make sure all the programs are running and all the equipment is up to par and safe. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, just for example, uh, last Sunday, I, I mopped and cleaned the gym. I mean, right. I still, you still feel gaps and fill roles. I coach still, uh, let's see, two, four, six, eight. I coach about eight classes a week okay. still. That's my passion. Yeah. I love to, I love to coach. And that's still what I think drives me. Um, sure. The business set, business side of it is, uh, it's, it's boring a little bit, right? But, it, but you've got to, yeah. you've got to do it. Yeah. You've got to make sure that you have a well-oiled machine and that, and everything's running to, to make sure that profit's coming. Cause it's tough. It's tough to make profit in a CrossFit gym for sure. For sure, man. Yeah. It's blood, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, right? Uh, a lot of toil, uh, especially when you get started, man, like, you know, hiring remember those days, it's, you know, you're putting in long days and, but yeah, like you said, the passion of the coach is awesome and a lot of purpose behind that, which, you know, you go home and feel great at the end of the day. Cause they actually help people's lives you know, in a good way. So with all being said, Chad, what's what's next for you, man, and your main focus here moving forward over the next, say, year for CrossFit Zion? What are you guys looking to accomplish or opportunities you're looking to capitalize on over the next year? Yeah, we're we're growing um, and we'd like to we'd like to build. We actually have some land that we've that we've closed on. And uh, with with just the state of things right now, um, who knows how long that'll take? I, I want to say maybe a year, year and a half, but we'll. We'll kind of wait and see. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the goal. Is to, we're in a five thousand square foot facility right now, and the goal is to to have about a ten to twelve thousand square yeah. foot facility. So, so just growing from what we already have and uh, making each one of our our programs bigger. Yeah, I love that, man. And that's like the perfect life cycle. You know, for you as the entrepreneur owner, CrossFit Zion. Once you get to that level, man, and that's gonna be huge. Own a building, the land, like that's the real asset, right? That's awesome uh what are going to be the changes you'll make once you get to that space is it more is it more of a team maybe like a manager in place gm where do you foresee yourself at that at that 10 12 000 square foot brand new facility yeah it's definitely gonna gonna take a team like i've already right. built but um basically growing each each area um because it will be more of a a fitness training center again i want to reiterate like crossfit is the staple like right. that that is what we do. Um, it's just after, you know, all these years of seeing how you can grow that CrossFit umbrella, yeah. it, it, you, you got to, you got to capitalize on that and, and have a place for other experienced athletes to, to go to. Yep. And, and just, just basically growing each area. Right. Bigger than it, bigger than it is right now. And filling sure. that space. Yeah. I love it, man. I, I I think it's going to be awesome. And I, I obviously wish you the best of luck with that. And uh, it's going to be really cool, Chad. Last question, man. If you were to, we have listeners that, you know, they, they're looking to open gyms, they're trainers now. You know, they were us 15 years ago. Advice you give to somebody looking to open a CrossFit, like in the near future? Any advice you'd give to them just from something that you may have learned or experienced? Yeah. Um, keep your passion alive. And when those times come and those months come that, that suck <laughs> and you're like wow, how am i gonna make it yeah. put your head down and think of creative ways to generate money and yeah. stay in the game because really long term with that like you said awesome the blood sweat and the tears yeah, yeah. um it's, it's worth it in the sure. long run right it, and there are 
not all sunshine and rainbows is that's a cliche saying, but it, 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 you know, there's some tough times, but there's some great times as well. Yeah. Just endure, push through. Right. I agree. And that's something CrossFit teaches us, you know, really well, obviously. And uh, yeah, I think that's had awesome advice for those people out there listening who want to open that gym, even if it's not a CrossFit, any kind of gym, it's any kind of business, really push through, be perseverance, lead with the revenue, like you said. And uh, if you do that, everything will kind of, I think, work out there in the long run, man. So uh, yeah, Chad, I appreciate you coming on today. I mean, do you guys have any events coming up or anything special you have here planned in the near future for CrossFit Zion? Yeah, so for, for events coming up, um, we have we have a holiday, or not holiday, uh, Halloween throwdown that's coming up. Yeah. You know, it's still a little bit of uh, ways out, but uh, that's always a good yeah. time. So that's one we're pushing Yeah, for. do you guys do that? Is uh, We always just have a bunch. We do like four competitions a year as like an additional revenue stream and community building. Do you guys do one a year? Do you do more than that? Is that is this a regular thing? No, yeah. So we, we try to do about two, two nice. a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the CrossFit comps. And then we also do um, barbell awesome. meets. So yeah. we, we try to do one to two of those a year. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make your gym cross the line, kind of the hub for, for everything there in the St. George area. So Chad, I think it's awesome, man. Uh, appreciate your time today, brother, coming on today, sharing your story, what you guys have done over the past 11 years. Wish you the best of luck, man. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Austin. I appreciate you having me on. Got it, man. And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like, and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, gym lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.